You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota with an all new episode of Let's Talk About. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, hi, thanks for being here. Uh, Let's Talk About is an interview show where I am joined by a guest to kind of talk about their life, their loves, uh, and where movies fall into the equation on that. And then we talk about a movie that has had an impact on on their lives, or a movie that they love. Uh, on this week's episode, I am delighted uh, to be joined by my younger brother, Matt Heller. Uh, it's, you know... So, I feel very, very blessed. I feel very blessed just in a, a, a general sense uh to have the siblings that i have um we always grew up very close uh you know it was a very a very close very loving family uh and i am always super grateful for that uh matt and i i I think the best way to kind of put this is that my my older sister and my older brother they they were born uh and then they had you know they grew up together and there was a gap where they were growing up together. And then I was born. And then my younger brother was born. And we had our kind of gap where we grew up together. And, you know, I... I, I Listen, I feel incredibly close to my older sister and my older brother. And I feel uh, very lucky to have them in my, my life. Um, they are two of the most important people in my life. Um, but... I always considered uh, my youngest brother to be the greatest Christmas gift I ever got. Because um, it was, I grew up, uh, I had a, a, a best friend right there. Like, it was like a spe- specially made for me. Even though he wasn't, like, he was made to, to have his own life. But it was, it was just the greatest thing I could have, that could have ever happened to me. Uh, to kind of have... Uh, uh, a younger brother in my life. And we grew up very, very close. So I, I feel um, super honored uh, that he joined me to do this episode of the show. Uh, we'll talk about his life here, and then we will talk about our featured movie of the week this week, which is Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. So uh, kick back. Actually, get, don't kick back yet. Get back up. Uh, go get your popcorn. Go get your soda pop. Whatever you need, bring it back to your chair or wherever. Then kick back, relax, and let's talk about the Fellowship of the Ring. All right, everyone. Welcome to an all-new episode of Let's Talk About. Uh, and it is my my joy, my pleasure, my uh, privilege uh, to have my guest on this week, uh, he is a graphic designer. He is a vegan. He is uh, 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 an adventurer. I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. He's an adventurer through this thing we call life. Uh, none other than my brother, 
Matt Heller. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. So I it's it's funny because it's like when I have a conversation with you, uh, I know you. Like it's it's weird to ask you questions about you and your life because I, I I know I know you we, and, we spend some and time with, together yeah and with and with you especially like there was a huge portion of our lives where it was like we were together so it's like the origin story I'm like yeah I know I, I already know <laughs> but people listening don't so I'll start off Matt just to kind of ease you into things with the question that I ask everybody and that is Matt, who are you? Where did you come from? What is your origin story? That is a great question. And I think I, I really liked your intro of graphic designer and vegan. That about that about sums it up. <laughs> yeah, adventurer. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. I am an artist and graphic designer. Um, currently, I am about to embark on sort of a uh kind of a new life path as i'm getting ready to move out of my place and start the start kind of a van life adventure without having the actual van um but uh getting ahead of myself um i like you said we kind of grew up together um from um, all over the place i grew up in omaha kansas city louisville texas south dakota um pretty much lots of different places from the Midwest to down South in Texas where I'm at now. Um, and yeah, I like, I like adventure because I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm just, I'm ready to sort of get out and see things and um, yeah, kind of go from there. Where, when, when did the adventurer phase kind of kick in for you? Cause like, for 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 us like and this is mostly me talking like i've always been i've always been kind of an 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 indoor cat like that's that's kind of how i if i were to put myself into terminology of an animal like i always feel like i've been the indoor cat but if you move me to another indoor space i'll still have spunk and personality but i'm not i'm not the outdoorsy type and I think this this adventure for you came along a little bit like this this uh I guess desire for adventure came along a little bit later. So what what when did this set in? What what was it that kind of put you on this path to be like I want to I want to do stuff? Like where did where did that come into play for you? Yeah. Um I think I think I can kind of pinpoint a pretty specific moment because uh it was probably a couple years back and um, I was looking up vegan recipes on YouTube and looking up different ways of making them like, like without a fridge or, or just like no bake, that type of thing. Like all these different ways of making vegan food essentially. And, and I saw this video of this couple that was like, they had an RV um, and they did like, they, they made all their own food in the car. They traveled, they worked from the road and it just seemed like really, really cool. And um, it just sort of became this goal of mine to see if I could do that, to see if like, like I kind of became interested in seeing things. Um, and then 
couple of years ago, I took, took um, about a year, year and a half-ish, took kind of a mini trip, road trip, and saw a few things, saw a couple of state parks, um, saw a couple of cities that I've never been to before, um, and did some car camping, and did some camping in nature, and just sort of kind of fell in love with it, because like, it sort of blew my mind that there's like, all of this stuff in our backyard, basically, like, like, yes, our country's big, but it's like, like, we have access to all of this stuff. And it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that a lot of people don't get to see all of this yeah. stuff. And like, with the opportunity of working remotely now, it's just like, I'm just sort of like, now's my chance. I want to see, I want to see as much as I can see, basically. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I agree. I feel like we're, you know, we have this, this big country and there's a lot to do here. There's a lot of things that, that you won't, I, I guess most people in their everyday life don't get to see, don't get to experience. And it feels like we're all very compartmentalized. You know, it's like, there's, there's city life. You live in the city, you stay in the city, you do everything in the city that kind of detaches you from country life. You live in the country, you work in the country, you do everything in the country. And then there's all of this extra stuff out there that I think most people don't really get to experience or, or kind of, I don't know if it's, if it's choose not to, or just feel like I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say it from, from my perspective, life kind of weighs you down and it feels like sometimes life is uh, a ball and chain where it's just, it's, it's, you have to go from one day to the next doing your responsibilities and you lose that opportunity to kind of enjoy what's out there. And I think kind of taking that where you can combine the two where it's like, yeah, you have your life, you have your responsibilities, but you also get to experience these things. I think that's a great, a great thing to do and a great way to go about it. Was there, was there ever that, I guess maybe feeling of freedom for you. Was it ever this just desire to be like, I need to shake off. I'm I'll, I'll, I'll cuss right now. I'll just say it. I need to shake this shit off of me and I need to go do something. Was it ever just that, that desire to kind of like live? Was it, was, was it, a, I guess, was it a philosophical conversation that you had with yourself or was it just kind of like, I'm just going to do this. Do it. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, <Just> do it. <laughs> so, do it. no. Uh, what do I want to say here? Um, it was kind of a build up in different ways, and like there's mm -hmm. a couple different parts to it. Like, on one hand, um, like I saw this artist talk um, in in grad school. I got to travel to Ireland. Like, I I wrote a proposal and basically the department like helped to fund it and I got to travel and see some artists talk in Ireland. And so like, that was a big inspiration in terms of uh, uh, as far as travel goes. But one of the artists that I saw talk there um, sort of talked about how just like the standard model of like, we work um, 40 hours a week and basically work our whole lives until we're like, 60 70 and maybe if we're lucky we've like accumulated enough to retire and then go have some fun like at that point mm -hmm. and this person was just sort of taking like 
taking on that idea and saying like what if you take those like years after 70 and like kind of spread them out throughout your life sooner so that you could take like these what did he call them um um I can't think of the word, but like little, like a, little, like a sabbatical or yeah, sabbatical, yeah, yeah, like like little little mini retirement things throughout. And so like that, I always thought that was kind of interesting. I sort of think that like it's it kind of sucks that like we have to like work and work and work, and then we get like a couple of vacation days here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like kind of coming at it from that way, and then. Um, uh, where was I going with that? Um, just that, yeah, I just sort of got the bug and kind of wanted to, wanted to see more things. I think I lost my train of thought, but you, you, you know where I'm coming from. <laughs> I know where you're coming from. I, I wonder why, why, why do you think we're geared that way? Like, why do you think this, as you can tell, Matt, uh, this show is, uh, it's a movie podcast and we're not going to talk about movies for like an hour. <laughs> we're, we're just going to talk about life. Uh, but I, I wonder like, why do you, why do you think we're so beholden to that, to that idea of, you know, we go to work because uh, we've, we watched firsthand, uh, you know, how, how important work is to people and how they, you know, that feels like they get up, go to work, do their job. And then at the end of the day, you know, days over your rest to go back to work. And it's just that same pattern and pattern and pattern. Why, why do you feel like we're so stuck with that and that we can't kind of, you know, shake, I guess, shake the apple tree and make things change. Like what's, what's, what's holding us back. Cause I know for me, I, I, I feel held back. Like, I feel like, I don't know if it's just comfort or if it's fear or, or what it is, but there's, there's something that makes it so it's like, I can't, I can't shake that pattern. Like I feel so set in that, that routine of like, I got to get up, go to work, do my job and then rest and then get up and do it again. And then I've got a couple of days where I can rest before I have to do it again. Like what, 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 I guess maybe just in your opinion, what, what's holding us back and what's, what's not holding you back from taking this adventure? yeah I think you mentioned a lot of it like a lot of it has to do with has to do with fear and like responsibility and um fear of the unknown like if you've never like my upcoming trip is still like like I've got a couple weeks now to like finish getting prepared for it and I'm like kind of freaking out inside and starting to like get get kind of panicky a little bit and so like I'm a I'm scared of it but I'm a lot less scared than I would have been like a year or two ago when I've mm-hmm. like have never had never done anything like this before. Um, yeah. So like I never knew I could sleep overnight in my car somewhere, like stay in a truck stop parking lot or stay out in the middle of nowhere, it's just sleeping in my car. And so yeah. like the first time you do that, it's it's quite uh, quite scary but like the more you do it then the less scary it gets and the more you're like kind of hungry to do to do more things so it's um and then it's just the the responsibility aspect like I think it's getting more and more possible for people to to really do what they're passionate about 
and still have avenues of um, affording life and still being like able to do stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, I think, hard, hard still for a lot of people who work, like go into, a, go to, go into an office or like have to be somewhere 40 hours a week or, or more. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just, I think, combination of that not knowing what it's going to be like, and then also like feeling um, stuck where you have to like do this one thing in order to like provide and afford life, I guess. Do you have any like, uh, uh, I guess, dream destinations or places that you really want to end up on this journey? Even if it's like, you know, I would like to go visit this. I would like to see this. Are there any places that you have on like a list that you really want to go? Yeah, I, I've got like, so I, I don't have a set plan yet, which is yeah. also contributing to the fear. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I um, I want to renew my passport and I'd like to go to Canada at some point. Yeah. Um, Cause I've never been there. Um, but right now it's kind of Maine is what keeps popping in my head mm -hmm. because like I've kind of seen um, the Northwest a little bit. I went out there a couple of weeks to visit a friend in Washington. Um, so like I've kind of seen that area, but I haven't been to the Northeast. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd kind of like to check out there as like one of my, one of my first places. And then Maine's got the whole like, Stephen King vibe to it so like yeah I think that'd be cool to check out yeah and uh if you're if you're in Maine I believe in Astoria uh is where the Goonie house is so oh, nice. uh you'll want to you'll want to take some pictures from a distance yeah, yeah, yeah. don't don't go up to the house because people live there but from <laughs> a distance take a picture we gotta gotta be gotta be a polite tourist right right <laughs> well I I you know it's I think it's gonna be a really exciting adventure I think it's funny that like my my plan wasn't really to kind of like talk about this as in depth as I did, but I think it's really funny because our featured movie is the Lord of the Rings, which right. is all about an adventure and a journey like mm -hmm. through through the world. We'll we'll get to that later, but I just think that's kind of funny. You're 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 Frodoing your way across across America, Matt. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that too. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Well, let's let's backtrack a little bit here. So, and and this is this is something that I kind of go through a lot too. We we moved around a lot uh, growing mm -hmm. up, and you know I think for for both of us, we were able to kind of find. And I don't I don't know maybe because because when you moved to South Dakota, were you were you in middle school when you moved to when, we, when you moved to South Dakota? Uh, I was halfway through eighth grade. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, I oh finished, man. Finished the first part of eighth grade in in Louisville, and then moved to Armor. Um, yeah, halfway through. So our stories really are very similar, uh, because halfway through eighth grade is when we moved to Texas, and then I went through eighth grade, and then all of uh, high school in Texas. So it's like I don't think that I don't know that that ever clicked into place for me that it was like oh well you know, this is just timing wise, how things right. worked out, but we, we moved around a lot and, you know, experienced school and, um, you know, I, I experienced some school in Omaha and then Kansas city and Louisville. And then, you know, you experienced, uh, schooling in South Dakota. Did you 
did you ever feel kind of like you didn't really know where your roots were like, or, or when, I guess maybe now you're going through kind of the same thing that I am, but now I feel like my, my roots are kind of planted in South Dakota, but I do have a special affinity for Texas. And I, I almost kind of feel like maybe yours is the opposite. You've got your roots in Texas, but you do uh, have a little affinity, <laughs> just a little bit still for South Dakota or, or what, what, I mean, guess, I guess, what is that feeling like for you to kind of be someone who's moving around a lot? Mm-hmm. I think since like, um, since we lived in Louisville as a kid, at least since we like moved into the house, mm-hmm. um, I feel like, like that was kind of my home. Yeah. And like, it, it just sort of stayed that way. I think, I think because like, um, of all the fun times that like we had together of like the friends that I made in grade school and middle school. Um, and just like, like the house was like built for us. So it just really felt like our house yeah um so like that that i feel like that's i've always pretty much considered Louisville. i think my home since then um and then i lived in south dakota for quite a while for high school for college um and i didn't initially like it very much but i i did grow to love it and appreciate oh um appreciate it for for a lot of a lot of different reasons but yeah I, I do consider Louisville my home and like yeah. um I think I was drawn like like before I went to grad school like I was gonna apply to different places and it just happened so happened that I got accepted in Texas but like I've been been kind of drawn to Texas ever since since living yeah. in Louisville as a kid yeah it's uh you know it's it's funny because it's like I, I almost feel like, and I'm sure that there are people who lived in Texas that, you know, had their experience in Texas and then have kind of been, you know, anti-Texas. But I think for, for some people, they have a, a nice experience and there's a part of it that they can never really shake. Um, I know that, that for me, uh, there's, there's a part of my heart that will always be connected to Texas. Like I just, yeah. I, I really... I loved Louisville. Um, I loved my, my Plano experience. Um, but I, for me, I was always a person that my, my, my family was so important to me and it was, it was really tough when everybody left and I was kind of down there, uh, alone. And I was like, I, I just, I, I am not as adventurous of a soul, Matt, uh, as I would like to be. Uh, and I, I felt like I needed to be needed to be closer to everyone. And I think that's, that's why I left. But I think that if I would have been able to, you know, muster up the nerve uh, to, to stay down there. Well, first, if I, if I mustered up the nerve to stay down there, my whole trajectory would be completely different. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and probably like, in many ways, things would be very, very different. But I, I do still have this this love for Texas that I will never, never be able to shake because it was just it was a uh, very formative experience for me, and I, I made, met great people and and had a lot of fun while I was there. So, yeah, I I get uh, that Texas kind of calling, and you know we we talk a lot about Friday Night Lights. Uh, and Texas forever and all that. And yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's, it's how it is. It's just kind of how it is. Yeah. And it feels kind of like time 
was sort of like time is weird like it feels longer when you're a kid than it does now but just mm-hmm. like even though what was third to eighth grade so like only five years like it felt yeah. like a lot longer than that yeah oh yeah most definitely like it's that that period of time really in the grand scheme of things is so short mm-hmm. but while you're going through it like that feels like a very substantial part of of our lives and yeah i think because of that maybe just because there was so much um, meaning attached to it and, and it was such a, a period of growth uh, i think that's why it's it's so important so yeah, yeah i i i'm i know that you are you are uh uh definitely a texan <laughs> it's definitely uh part of your heart and it's it's tough because it's like there are times where i'm like well why don't you why don't you move up to south dakota i mean i get why you don't <laughs> I completely i completely get why you don't but yeah i i understand texas is texas is great and it will always have a a piece of my heart as well um where we kind of grew up in a, a house that appreciated art. Um, you know, we had uh, 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 Pam liked to sing. Uh, Rick was always very, uh, <laughs> very performative. Even if he wasn't like a, a, a theater guy, he was very like, you know, stand up comedian uh, kind of guy. I did theater and then you, you drew. Where. <sighs> I guess, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of phrase this as a question, but where did that love for, for drawing and, and art come to you? Like, where did, where did you pick that up and, and run with it? I think, like, I think just, like, drawing, with drawing, it was just, like, something that I, like, got into like really early with like crayons and stuff Mm -hmm. and like just really enjoyed it um uh i don't really consider myself like a draw a drawer like very good at drawing anymore but like i think that was kind of the um like the gateway i guess that got me into art but then also like i was just thinking now about like types of stuff that we would do as a kid like like voice recording like we had yeah. like audio tapes and just record ourselves and then like the the batman slideshow with like uh slide film and the slide projector and just like we were always doing like fairly creative stuff so mm-hmm. it's like i think just the drive to be creative and like mom was always sketching like we'd go to the swimming pool and she would always have her sketchbook mm-hmm. um so it was just like um it was just fun and it just like felt like something that was like um a part of me I guess and then like I took art classes in um middle school when we were still in Texas and didn't have the option to take any art classes in South Dakota because it was such a small town um but that was like I think the start of it but I'd also always been into photography as well yeah. So it's just like a little mix of, of all those things, I think. Yeah. And your, your, you know, your f- photography was also, you know, I, that's also an art form. Like it's also uh, very creative because you, you know, you really planned out some of your shots. You, you really put the, the energy into, 
you know, the, the making the, the, the composition of the shots very important. Um, you know, I remember that, uh, you know, when I would, when, when you lived in armor and I would visit or we would just chat or you'd send pictures, like you have these photos that are very, really well done. And, you know, this is, this is when you were in high school or even when, you know, when we went to USD, how you would work on, on making these pictures. And it was just something that I guess from, from my perspective, watching you, it was just something that always felt like your calling was, was being able to do things like that. And that was your we were we were artsy kids we, like we were just we were we were creative we wanted to be creative like I, I feel like we were we were intelligent too like I feel like we were both book smart but there was just something also that was calling to us more about like expressing that creative brain uh over the um more you know, more log- logistical and, and statistical side of things. Did you ever draw like a, uh, I don't know, did, did you ever put much thought into that? Like, were you, did you feel like you were always geared to be a creative brain person? Or was there ever a time where you felt like, you know, uh, book smarts was where it was at? I think I was pretty much always drawn to, drawn to being creative. Yeah. Like, like, I think, I was interested in um, different types of sciences, like mm-hmm. probably astronomy the most, but like just um, like we were always doing trivia and stuff. So like there was yeah. a lot of science trivia that I was always really interested in. But then like when you take high school and college science classes and it's just like all this, all this stuff, like my brain couldn't, <laughs> couldn't remember like terminology yeah. and it just got really intense. So it was like, less fun and and more just hard work I guess and stuff that I wasn't interested in enough to to pursue more um, yeah. so yeah I think it was pretty much always art and creative stuff for me yeah what uh so okay I'm trying to think I'm trying to think how to how to get from the, how to jump these lily pads here so uh uh college we went to college and was it right off the bat that you decided you wanted to, to pursue? Cause I can't remember. Did you, 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 you did fine arts. That was your major right, right from the get go. Mm-hmm. But what was your, I guess, starting focus? Was it photography or, or where did your, your yeah. focus begin? So it was, I think I was not like, I don't think I had a specific, like, so the major was fine arts, but like sure. you didn't have, I don't think you needed to say your emphasis right away yeah um and then like i think it was like the first time first semester that we did advising and stuff then it was kind of starting to decide and like i had worked at the newspaper in high school so like Mm -hmm. i was taking pictures regularly for them and so it kind of was sort of a natural progression into photography uh being my like emphasis but um i took a lot of i think i took all the photo classes that like there were to take and I just was sort of like I really like this but it's not like it wasn't um like fully satisfying like my my creativity and stuff and I've taken there was one teacher uh at USD that uh, Robert Graham so he was there for like a year and I took 
um, one or two of his graphic design classes and it was just like super challenging, but like also um, there was a lot of thought into it and it was just really, really interesting. And so then like, I'd always, I think both of us were always like really into computers and stuff too. So mm -hmm. like that was kind of a, a an easy step there too. Yeah. Um, but I like in high school also, I got a chance to learn like Photoshop and a couple other computer programs that like transferred over fairly easily into the graphic design program. So it was photography, then it was design. And then my very last semester at USD, um, there was a class. Um, it was an installation class. It was a sculpture class, but it was like really like the group of people that were in that class were just like a lot of my friends and a lot of really interesting creative people and the assignments in that class were so like kind of eye-opening and just like really unique and interesting that that like kind of I feel like even though I went to even though my major was fine arts that was really the class that like made me love like love love art yeah and like after that was when I was like like I'm just learning about this now at the end I want I want more so that's kind yeah. of what like led me to go into grad school yeah and and it was at was my my you'll have to forgive me because my timeline uh as I've gotten older has gotten very screwed up uh was <laughs> was it was it that time that you did the uh consume sculpture and the um the the i don't know if it was an art project but my brain wants to say that it was uh something with the buffalo sauce was that all in that time or was am i yeah. am i misremembering that the buffalo sauce was even an art project yep the con the consume one was like a, a sculpture that was made from it said consume and it was made from plastic like melted plastic silverware and it was one of like the favorite my my favorite things that i got to work on yeah. um but that was that was in that sculpture class that i was talking about and then i also made the <laughs> just <laughs> the most random <laughs> crap like i took this plastic tube and i just filled it up with buffalo sauce and i put it in the freezer and just had this like cylinder of frozen buffalo sauce <laughs> and i like was saving those yeah and then there was just like a blizzard and i I decided for whatever reason I want to put these cylinders of buffalo sauce in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I made like a video from that and I made yeah. like a photo from that and it was just like the dumbest crap, but it was like super interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, there was part of and this. This is how I'm going to make the transition, Matt. You're going to be, you're going to be super impressed with this. I'm, I'm impressed uh, already. <laughs> no, you're not. This is stupid, <laughs> but there was an element of experimental filmmaking mm -hmm. in the stuff that you did and even prior to going to college for art and and doing these because you had with your installation if i remember correctly there was something that you did that was like a uh like a, a like a little movie or a little slideshow or something if i if i remember right i could be way off and i no, feel I bad right. but but there was there was some kind of I to to filmmaking there and I know that it's not something that you were ever like I'm going to be a filmmaker but it, it kind of went along with your 
your art and it worked out really well for the art that you were making. We're going to start talking about movies now off of that, <laughs> off yeah. of that transition. That was a good transition. You see what I did there? Look at this. Yeah, I'm a like words it. I'm a wordsmith, Matt. You are. You are. <laughs> so so where for you um, and it's like I said, like I was talk- telling you before we started recording here, it's it's tough to kind of have these conversations with someone like you because I know you. Like I I I was there. Like I saw this stuff happen. But it's for you know trying to to relate it so other people can connect with it. That I'll that I'll ask. Where did your I guess exposure to movies first start or do you have a like a kind of a foundational memory for you with like an appreciation for movies or like a love for movies because they were they were instrumental in our upbringing because they were always there was always something that we did as a pastime but was there a moment where you had a connection with movies yeah i think i think i had lots of them but like my first my first memory of movies um, was, I think it was you, me, and Rick, and we went to see the original Batman mm-hmm. in theaters. And I think that was the first movie that I saw. Um, and that was just like so much fun. Um, and then when it came out on video, I just remember like watching it all the time um, at home. So like that was kind of like the big one, I think, for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so funny because it's like, to experience that with someone is such an interesting thing because it's like, I will remember seeing Batman from my point of view. Like I'll have my memories of what that felt like to me to see Batman and how cool that was. But, you know, Rick was there and you were there and it's like, how, how does that feel for you guys to kind of go through that experience as well? Because Batman was kind of a, really impactful movie for us like it was it was like i i feel like it was my first real cinematic obsession like it was just i i became obsessed with that movie for for the the course of the next year maybe even two and you know you were you were going through that with me i wonder i guess the question is what's it like to live with a brother who's super obsessed with things (laughs) i just feel like i was like i don't know like like i definitely feel like i had my own um take on things but Mm -hmm. like i also feel like i was just right there with you for a lot of the stuff like i was i like we were just best friends growing up so it was just like everything that you were into I was into and when you like were obsessed with something then like I kind of instantly loved it too um so it's just like I think I think you had a lot of um a lot of influence on me there for sure do you do you remember it that we didn't fight much growing up is that how you remember it too or am I just do, am I looking at it through rose-colored glasses? No, I don't think we did, except you would like choke slam me a lot into the Listen, <laughs> hold on. Now let's we listen for clarification's sake here, Matthew. That, that, that was we were uh, we were wrestling. We, we we were learning the skills of the professional wrestling trade uh, at a young age. 
and I was able to do it. I, I feel like I worked very safely uh, <laughs> to make sure that I choke slammed you uh, properly. And this, but the, the, here's the thing. The thing about then is that I don't think that I really embraced that wrestling was fake. Uh, and so I probably gripped you. <laughs> By the, no, you, by you, the throat. you always like like you had your your hands around my neck but then you were always like put your hands on my wrists yeah and then like make sure to jump this time yeah. and like you'd always like slam me into the bed so it's like a soft landing so it was it was totally safe look we're working safe kid we're working safe uh-huh. <laughs> yeah uh but you know and i i always liked that we also gave ourselves time to show off because uh, we would we would tag team against uh, the stuffed animals. Like it'd be you and I on a team, and mm-hmm. we would fight the stuffed animals. That's how I think I knew that we probably understood that it was fake because these inanimate objects kicked our ass sometimes, and we <laughs> we had to to fight back. We sold it pretty good, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was it, that was usually our moment to like showcase our favorite wrestling moves like i know that we would do uh uh, razor ramones the razor's edge would be one uh probably uh the jackknife from diesel like i know those were some guys that we really liked at that time um yeah that was (laughs) wrestling was almost as instrumental uh at that time in our lives as movies were Mm -hmm. uh and it was a lot of fun um when you know, it's funny because I'll, I'll ask you questions, but I feel like, and not to like take credit or anything, but I think that when, when I was having like a movie awakening where I had this kind of change in, not really a change in taste, but where it felt like the doors had been kicked open and it was like, oh, there are all of these movies out there that I can see. Things that are, you know, outside of like, family movies or tentpole action movies there's like you know a clockwork orange and and lenny and uh things like that that was kind of when i had that cinematic awakening and you were there too which listen uh in retrospect (laughs) maybe having my younger brother watch a clockwork orange with me uh the first time that i watched it not the best idea because I was prep. You don't, I don't think so? Think I watched. I don't think I watched Clockwork Orange. Okay. Okay. But okay. I think I, I know what you're saying. But yeah. But I think that's one that I I didn't watch because I don't think I have. I still I don't think I've ever seen that one. Okay. Okay. Well, then I don't feel as bad because <laughs> I think I I feel like during that time period there were some movies that I was really excited about getting to see that i was just like yeah we'll watch them we're gonna we're gonna watch them down in the kitchen on the tv and we'll watch them like late at night it'll be fun it'll be fun uh and some of those it was probably like matt should not be watching these movies what 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 have i done what have i done uh i remember in particular (laughs) one of my favorite memories was there was a horror movie that I rented, I don't remember if this was when I worked at the video store. I think it was. I think it was when I worked at the video store. Uh, I started this movie, uh, and then the first scene happened. I stopped the movie, rewound it, came and grabbed you, and I told you you are watching this movie with me. And that mm-hmm. movie was Cube, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, <laughs> the, the age that you were, probably probably not It was, it was right. awesome, though. Yeah, it's an awesome movie. 
Cube is awesome. It's still an awesome movie. Like, I think some of the acting is probably bad, but just the concept of it, uh, a ton of fun. And we got to watch somebody get cut into little cubes uh, <laughs> right within the first five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, I'm, I, so we were, you know, we, we grew up side by side. Like it was just, you know, for me, you were, you were the person that I wanted to do things with, you know, and then I went to high school and of course I had friends that I wanted to spend time with, but I would always try to, uh, you know, make sure that we had time to hang out. And like, I think nights, uh, especially on the weekends when we would hang out together, we would stay up super late just so that we had that extra time to watch TV or just goof around. Yeah. Did for me, that was, that was where movies really became super important what 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 movie i guess what role did movies have for you at that time were they just entertainment or was it something that you took to uh a little bit more because like i said for me it became an obsession but i'm curious because you were right there with me what was it like what was it for you it's hmm. a good question i think that like you you definitely um had an influence on me there like for one thing, like you worked at the video store, so you had like the free rentals and you'd bring home movies all the time. And then, like you said, like our weekends, Friday or Saturday nights, like staying up late in the that like kitchen area and just like watching movies and stuff like that was that was really cool. And but also like as a family, like we would just go to movies mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like like that that era of just like every week going to see a movie i think was like was like pretty influential yeah um and then like the types of movies that you brought home along with like i remember us watching um whenever afi had it's like 100 years 100 movies like yeah. started getting into more of the like more of the like um i guess classics and like film film films or films sure. with a capital f yeah Um, but uh, yeah they've just like they've i don't know that i had an obsession um Mm. per se but like they were definitely like a huge huge impact and also just like a way of of like us spending time together like you know like we'd like stay up super late laughing and stuff and like dad would get pissed off sometimes <laughs> sometimes for us being up so late oh yeah <laughs> I, I, like you know to, to, to paint a picture of the house like the the house was was two levels uh bottom level had like a a, a sitting room like a, a living room area um and then you go around the corner where there's the stairs then there was like a small dining room that i think i don't think we used it as a dining room i don't really know what that little room was for right. um then there was the kitchen area and then the dining room that we actually used as a dining room. And there was a TV in there, like a VCR TV combo. And that the kitchen was right under the master bedroom. Uh, and so we would be, you know, up at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning on a, on a Friday or Saturday night laughing at these movies. And then dad gets up to have to go to the bathroom and he came downstairs <laughs> <laughs> to tell us to shut up and go to bed <laughs> like that was that was a standard weekend thing for us i think <laughs> yeah for sure 
uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a ton of fun. It was a great, uh, a, a great time for me. Cause I really got to, I don't know. I just, you know, I look back on it and I wonder if there was a lot of selfishness of it. Cause it was like, I wanted to, I wanted to see this, but I also think there was part of it where it was like, I wanted to watch this but I wanted you to be there too. Like I wanted, I wanted to be able to experience the stuff with you. And even if some of the stuff like went way over your head, like for me, it was just the idea of like, Hey, we're doing this together. Isn't this, isn't this fun? This is cool. And then I think, you know, probably now that I'm an adult, uh, now I can look back and go, well, maybe, maybe, as a seventh grader, we shouldn't have watched Pulp Fiction. You know, maybe, maybe uh, we shouldn't have watched this. And that's that's where it's kind of like, oh, did I did I ruin him? <laughs> but no, definitely no. no, no, definitely not. And like, I even remember, like, I would go over uh, to my friend, like the neighbor next door, yeah. would go over to his house, and we'd watch um, movies. Like, like I remember, uh, I think it was The Relic. Yeah, um, just like that monster movie and i remember watching alien resurrection over there and like those were not kids movies at all by any <laughs> right. by any means so like it wasn't it wasn't just you i would, was watching those anyway <laughs> i am i am absolved of guilt <laughs> yeah <laughs> but well, uh that that role question like i did think of one other thing it's just just about like um i feel like in watching so many movies and like like that photography and like cinematography aspect like mm-hmm. and just watching a lot of movies I feel like it did kind of help develop my like artistic eye a bit yeah and um just like like for the longest time the breakfast club was my favorite movie mm-hmm. and that was like kind of a simple movie like it wasn't too like not not it was one location like it wasn't that complex of a movie but just like the human characters and like real world stuff and just like um i think that sort of developed a lot of um like how i see the world and like how i think about art and and that type of thing and like like mental health has been something that's like been super important to me and i think there's an element of that to the breakfast club and the other movie i was thinking about was what dreams may come Mm -hmm. like we saw that in the theaters and I remember at the time, like, I don't remember how old I was, but like, I felt uncomfortable after seeing that. And sure. like, it was, it was like a super beautiful movie, just like artistically and stuff. But like, it was pretty heavy, like mm-hmm. dealt with suicide and a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. And so at the time when I seen it, I was just like, I think kind of overwhelmed and not really know, didn't really know what I was, what I was feeling or what was going on, but like now I think of that like I don't know if it's a great movie but I I do like think of that as like an important movie um for me and like like Robin Williams just is like a really important actor and like one of my favorite favorite actors of all time so yeah yeah. kind of kind of a foundational uh experience right uh something that really makes a difference uh that that reminded me of uh you're, you you said that you know you kind of taught about shot composition and cinematography that reminded me that you you did me like one of the uh greatest honors ever uh when you and your friends made the 
started working on the movie Beth. Uh, <laughs> so, so just to kind of uh, 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 draw this out a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So my, I think it was my junior year of high school, our, our drama class did uh, like a student film project. We were, we, you know, we wrote a movie and shot it and then edited it together. And then that was kind of our, our final project for the class was to make a movie. And uh, I think Scream was really popular at that time. So I was like, I'm going to write a horror movie. And the crux of the horror movie was that this guy was just stalking women named Beth. Uh, and he would, he would, uh, get them. He would call them on the phone, very scream like, uh, and then he would play the kiss song Beth, uh, <laughs> loudly wherever they were, uh, as he hunted them down and killed them. Uh, and I, I wrote this script like, you know, I think it was over the course of a weekend, like, uh, to, to do, uh, as our project, and uh, got back, and then we, we we were told that we couldn't do it because it might be too violent. Uh, and so that's when we did uh, Godzilla, the, 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 the little tape <laughs> instead. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but so years later, you're in high school and you did Beth uh, or, or parts of Beth, but you, you know, you, you, you tweaked it, you, you filmed it and it looked a lot nicer uh, than the footage that we had of our version. Uh, what was what was kind of the the thrust for that? Was it just getting a chance to make a movie with your friends, or was it part of a project? Like what what uh, what made you want to do that? I do think that like I did have like kind of a uh, I've gone through various like filmmaking phases, and that yeah. was like that was one of them, and that was like I don't know, it was due like probably some of it due to boredom, but like trying to I think trying to make more friends in the little town that I lived in and um yeah just again doing something creative and I I I always thought Beth was a solid solid concept (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was (laughs) so tried we tried to recreate it I I tried to recreate it and I don't know that I did the best job and I don't even know that like did she did you see any of it? I did. Yeah. I saw bits and pieces of it. Like, cause I believe you were an actor and it, you played like the jock character. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't even really remember, but I've got, I've got the tapes somewhere. I need to like, like, I don't remember editing it together. Like every yeah. time, like a finished, finished thing, but sure. I remember like spending lots of time shooting various <laughs> days with different friends and, like I think a lot of the, the people that I work with had fun mm-hmm. doing it. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was that was a one of my filmmaking phases. <laughs> and then you also had Jello, right? The, uh, the video. Classic. Yeah, Jello is a Jello is a stone cold <laughs> classic mm-hmm. uh, set to the 2001 theme, if I recall. Mm-hmm. But thus spoke the thruster or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is. That is an iconic uh, piece of Heller history uh, that will never be forgotten. Yeah, I need to post that more places. Yeah, yeah, I agree. People can, people can uh, bask in my talent. 
will worship you like a filmmaking god when we oh, see man. jello <laughs> um that one, I, I think that one was a school project but yeah but it, it was it turned into greatness yeah it was it was your mgm lion mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um so i i want i'm going to step away from movies for just a second and then we'll then we'll come back to the featured movie of the week uh but i do want to give you a second to talk about uh veganism because uh man you are you are like really good about this i i want to know kind of where did and we've you know we've talked about this a lot i know where you why you started and all of that but what like i guess maybe kind of in the briefest form what 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 possessed you to go vegan how has it been going like what was your your process of doing this like i guess maybe what was your vegan experience like I think it started like I was not not vegan, not vegetarian, and just saw like um, uh, like I had tried um, like those Boca crumbles, like those those like fake meat. I tried that before, and like mm-hmm. I saw there was like lots more options starting to become available. So I would just occasionally use that as a meat replacer instead of like using meat and like I liked that just fine and then one of my good friends here uh is a vegan and every time I'd hang out with him like we'd he'd like cook tacos and stuff and all that was vegan and it was just like super tasty and so it was just like um I think that plus that I went to the doctor and like they told me that my cholesterol was high um and that was what uh how old am I that was four-ish five-ish years ago Mm -hmm. um so um high cholesterol in like early 30s and you're just like "Uh." and so like i was gonna try try to do something to like help that and i thought okay i'll just give i'll just go vegan and see like how long i can last basically and so i didn't really like it wasn't that i didn't have the plan of staying vegan it's just like it wasn't it wasn't like the top of my mind to like I'm going to become a vegan now yeah. but like I, I tried it and like it was ended up being a lot easier than I thought it would be and um uh, yeah it was a lot easier I didn't really miss um didn't miss a lot of things and like found a lot of really good recipes and so it's just like it kind of stuck and then since I've always been sort of into um environmental concerns and like um sustainability and like green practices and stuff like that um it was like that was a big part of it too for like like if this isn't that hard and it's it's something i enjoy doing and it helps the planet um then why not keep doing it and then just the more that i spent time with other vegans and like learning more and more about like uh like treatment of animals and stuff it's just kind of like this is it's it's kind of a no-brainer for me to like stay vegan um so it's going on four years i think in june it'll be four years so yeah yeah i like it a lot yeah it's you know the the thing for me is to to be the guy who like remembers when your diet your 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 favorite foods were like chicken nuggets Mm-hmm. and pizza like uh like uh pepperoni was a pepperoni pizza like it was very like there were there were so many things that you 
would kind of avoid and it would just you'd kind of stick to these things and you weren't adventurous with food and you know we've also spent a lot of time apart like we've we've grown up and we've grown had to you know go our own live our own lives so there's been a long period of time where we haven't been around each other but remembering that and knowing how food adventurous you are now with so many different options that are Mm -hmm. available to you that I don't think I I think that the people who judge veganism and vegetarianism I don't think that they really understand the the world of foods that are open to them when they take on that lifestyle Um, because it's yeah it's you know there's a lot of fruits and vegetables it's it's a plant-based lifestyle Mm -hmm. but you're able to really bring out the greatness of food and and you're you're doing it you know even if you if you don't want to do it for environmental reasons or for health reasons like even if it's just from a food point of view there are incredible uh uh recipes and and food options living a vegan and vegetarian a a plant-based lifestyle that i just i'm i'm amazed And, you know, I remember when I was younger, uh, I have never been a big vegetable person or a a big fruit person. And I think as I've gotten older, I've I've come to appreciate more, uh, more fruits and vegetables. Um, But it's just, it's, it's amazing to me how I think, I think because people are embracing that, that lifestyle and that kind of eating they're willing to explore with, with, with what kind of flavors uh, these foods have to make it. So it's something that's super appealing. Uh, So I just, I I think it's great. I remember, I think this was early on when you uh, were, were switching to to veganism and we would, we went to Trader Joe's uh, in, in Omaha. And like, I remember you, you like really checking the, the ingredients of things to, to make sure that it was something you could buy. And I was like, man, that's, that's commitment. But I think it makes a lot of sense. Like if this is the lifestyle that you're, you're living, like you want to make sure that you are, you know, uh, uh, holding true to it. And I, I just think it's great. Like, I, I mean, that's, that's really what this is building up to. It's just me wanting to say that I, I, I'm super proud of you. I think it's awesome. And I think it's just, you know, and I know that's not why you're doing it. It's not like, uh, so people will be proud of your, your choices, but I think it's, I just think it's awesome, uh, that you're able to do this and stick to it. Um, and it, it makes it so it's like, I want to, I want to figure out what I can do to to be better and what what kind of dietary lifestyle i can find that'll help me you know get myself on track to to a healthier healthier living so I, that's all that's all i just wanted to, to give you a pat on the back and say hey good job thanks i like, I like public, <laughs> public pat on, pats on the back i'm, yeah. I'm about it <laughs> yeah nothing, nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. Well, let's 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 jump off of the, the the vegan conversation, and we'll move to our featured topic of this week, where we will actually talk about a movie. Uh, so let's talk about this week's movie, Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring. Legend tells of a ring. Created by an ancient evil, 
that gave its wearer the power to enslave the world. The leaves lost for centuries. It has now been found. Is it secret? Is it safe? This is the One Ring, forged by the Dark Lord Sauron. Sauron needs only this ring to cover all the lands of a second darkness. He's seeking it. Seeking it all. His thought is bent on it. No one knows it's here, do they? Do they, Gandalf? enemy is a gift. Let us use it against him. You cannot wield it. None of us can. The ring must be destroyed. It was made in the fires of Mount Doom. Only there can it be unmade. I know what I must do, but I'm afraid to do it. One does not simply walk into Mordor. There is no other way. So, Matt, I think what I want to know right away is why why this movie? What what is it about Lord of the Rings uh, that that you you know what is it that you love so much about this movie? Why is this the movie that you you decided you wanted to talk about? Hmm. I do think as a trilogy, like the whole thing is probably like. Like, if I cheat and call the whole thing one movie, I think I consider that, like, my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but why why, why pick this? I think, um, well, there's lots of different reasons. I think that it's kind of like, like, I remember listening to, well, I, I was on one of them, but I remember listening to, like, your Star Wars podcasts and listening mm-hmm. to you and Rick and, like, listening to, like, how that was, I think, Return of the Jedi was the first movie that you you seen in theaters is that right yeah um so like listening to like those experiences and how much like Star Wars had like a big impact on on y'all and like it definitely impacted me too and I definitely loved Star Wars but I feel like there was something about the time it came out and like the tradition of it was each December for three years a new one would come out and it was just like just so like so epic so beautiful um such like a just a classic good versus evil um with good prevailing over evil like that type of story mm-hmm. um and it just like like especially fellowship of the ring like when you first are introduced to like the hobbits and the shire and it's just like like my heart feels like so like warm and fuzzy inside because of just like how how peaceful it is and like these are just folks that just like they're just living their lives they're eating food and just like enjoying enjoying life without a care in the world and then like that's that's threatened and then it's just like okay it's up to these people now to to save their way of life and it's just like the whole trilogy as a whole like i like i like watching it um at least once a year 
I try to marathon it when I can, like all, all the extended versions, which is like a whole day, yeah. but it's just like, yeah, I just love it. Yeah. What was your, what was your first, uh, maybe, maybe did you, was it the movies that came first for you or did you read the books first and then, or like, you know, see the movie and then read the books or did you, were you already familiar with the books and read them before or read any of them before the movies had come out? So when I moved to South Dakota um, and I was in, I was still in eighth grade in our English class, I think it was English class, that one of the first books that I read um, for school that um, after moving there was The Hobbit because mm-hmm. I never read that before and that was what we were reading and it's a short it's a short book but it's really it was really good and I remember just being like super into that world and um, and then I think it was that would have been I think 2000 so it was either that year or the next year that they released a trailer for the whole trilogy Sure. And like that, I remember watching that trailer and just being like blown away. And I think, I can't remember if it was before or after that, but I had signed up for like this sci-fi book club. Mm-hmm. So it was like, kind of like those um, uh, CD things that we would do where you'd get like so many CDs or something yeah. uh, mailed to you. This was sci-fi books. And I don't think I was a member for very long, but that I got, I got the Lord of the Rings and it was like just one massive book that had all three, three stories in it. And I managed to read all of it before, before the trilogy came out. So like I knew, I knew the story. Um, So I think that was um, a nice element of like going into it and, and, and knowing the story and then seeing like what they did with it. Yeah. So then since you had that, that familiarization with, with the story and with the characters, when you first saw the initial film, did you have, I hate to start with anything negative, but did you have any kind of disappointment over any of the differences from the, the book to the movie, or were you overall pretty satisfied with how they put this movie together? I think I was pretty satisfied. Like, I think if if I had any complaint, I don't know if, I don't even know if like it came from me or if it was something that like I read later and it was like, Oh, I I can see that. But it was like um, how Peter Jackson kind of likes to do death fake outs where like, you'll, you'll like somebody will die apparently. And then two seconds later, he's like, gotcha. And (laughs) so like, that was probably the only thing that like, I think I thought of at the time, but like, I've seen it so many times now that it's just like, it's become like, like it's just what it is and it's just like I, I just love I love all of it so it doesn't I don't really even have I don't think I have any complaints anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah I think that's good I think that's a sign of a good movie what's what was your first experience like did you see this did you see this on the big screen was it something because I, I think you if I remember right you you saw this in theaters when it came out mm-hmm. um what was that experience like? Like, did you see, did you see that on the big screen in armor or did you go to, to Mitchell to see this one? I think it's kind of weird because I remember like a lot of movies seeing them in theaters and I definitely mm-hmm. saw Lord of the Rings in theaters, but I don't have like a specific sure. like memory of this one. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the armor theater. Yeah. And like, now that I'm thinking of it, I, I definitely did. Um, 
but I'm not sure if like we went to Mitchell also and saw it mm -hmm. there. I saw it there first or, or um, if armor was the only place that I saw it, but um, yeah, I just, I just remember really enjoying it, but then I feel like I got a lot more, not a lot more necessarily, but I got a lot out of rewatches mm -hmm. um, because like, I think you got me into um, like home theater like yeah. that was like like and i remember you got like a sound system and then later on i got a sound system mm -hmm. and so like when lord of the rings came out on dvd like listening to like the balrog scene um in like surround sound that was just like i would watch it and watch it and, and rewatch it so yeah. um i feel like the for me the theatrical experience was more the um it was just like winter time around christmas every year like getting to go to the theater and seeing what happens next yeah so like it's kind of become kind of like an annual tradition to like sometime around november winter time watching the whole trilogy again and that's more about like what what um theatrical experience was for me yeah yeah and i you know we <laughs> with with good intentions our intention was to try and get this episode recorded in december and get it released around christmas time uh, life doesn't always <laughs> let let things happen uh yeah, so true. we're 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 a few months late on that but but we're here and we're you know april is as good as as mm -hmm. anything um i i'm curious when you saw this in theaters, do you remember if, if mom and dad went and saw it too? And uh, did dad say it was the stupidest movie he's ever seen? Yes. <laughs> I, I think yes to both. Yeah. And I yeah. think um, um, I do remember seeing Return of the King in theaters and like, like how they have like multiple endings. Mm -hmm. I do feel like dad was ready for it to end like long before <laughs> it yeah. actually ended yeah yeah uh that's that's not uncommon i, mm. <laughs> I you know i'm gonna I, I think i think i will end up rewatching the rest of these movies um but i might i might wait like give myself a little bit of a gap uh and then do the next one because i I love the two towers. Like, I think for me, that might be my favorite entry in the series, which I know is probably ridiculous, but I feel like it has the most, like, I feel like it has the most thrust to it. But I also feel like there are a lot of people who don't think anything really happens. Like it's just a bridge from part one to part three. But I, I thought, I think the two towers is a ton of fun and maybe that's why I like it so much. Uh, so that's when I'm, I'm really excited to rewatch, uh, but I'll probably give myself a little bit of time because it's, for, for me, it's a, it's a daunting task to watch these movies. Not that they're bad. It's just, they are long and it's, it's tough. Like it's sometimes it's tough to, to sit down for a, a four hour long uh, movie experience. Uh, so I can understand dad wanting to <laughs> wanting to hightail it out of there uh, because I think Return of the King seems like it's four hours long uh, without being the extended edition. Um, but I, it's probably not. It's probably just probably just a solid three. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty long. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a long one. It's a long one. Um, what what moments in in Fellowship of the Ring 
are are moments that stand out to you that, that kind of make this because I, I I feel like you're right. Like I know that you said that this has kind of become your favorite movie, and I think this this series has really like found its place in the the lexicon of great trilogies and is is regarded as I hate saying this because it doesn't feel like it's been out for very long. Uh, but it has, it's been out for 20 years, but it's regarded as a classic of the sci-fi fantasy genre. What, what, what is it about this movie that you think has, or maybe what for you makes this movie uh, have that kind of pedigree? I think a lot of it, I think all of the parts come together for it to make, uh, for it to make this like awesome um, package. But like I think I think the practical effects are a yeah. big part of it, and like how so much of it was done with like traditional effects, and so that like you can watch it today, and like I feel like it looks way better, like the effects look way better than a lot of the CGI stuff that comes out nowadays. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like the effects are a big part of it. I think the like like i think peter jackson um and like everybody that worked on it like just had so much like love for the material that like got put into it and so like you see that everybody like takes everything like super seriously and just just do like have fun but just have um just do a really great job and like with the dvds and stuff they've got so many behind the scenes stuff that like i would um feel like i've seen those a couple times um, so like you can just see like how much um, people put into it. I think that's yeah. that's a big part of it for me. Yeah, it's it's a real labor of love, and that that translates onto the screen as you watch it. Um, because I think I think everyone there really was having a good time, and and uh, for for so many of those people, like you know, Viggo Mortensen was a known actor but wasn't a huge star uh orlando bloom like i think this is probably wasn't one of his first roles but this was the one that kind of thrust him into like where people knew him uh Mm -hmm. kate blanchett was was you know known but not not a huge star Liv tyler was a was a pretty big star um um oh gosh um hugo weaving uh and then of course elijah wood sean astin ian mckellen uh christopher lee like all of the people in this movie a lot of them you know have their had their 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 kind of place uh you know where they were known but having all of those people together in this movie it doesn't feel like it's a star dominated movie. It feels like it's an actor dominated movies with people who are really committed to um, getting the best out of their character, giving the best for their character and really bringing this project to life. And I think watching that all play out on screen uh, really is a ton of fun. Um, And I, I think that's, that's part of what, for me, what makes it hold up so well is that it is just, it's it's a record of people who really cared about making this this epic movie that means so much to so many people uh, and i think that's very apparent on the screen um I, you you'd mentioned the practical effects i when i rewatched this this weekend um that the the uruk high the the big like 
the the villains that that massive like orc oh man like with the the the, who looks like he's a professional wrestler like Mm -hmm. that that still scary like still a terrifying beast of a of a uh uh, a creature and watching you know spoilers for a 20 year old movie uh (laughs) but but watching you know when when aragon aragorn stabs him and then he pulls the knife like into him deeper like that's terrifying and then the punchline is that (laughs) aragorn's just kind of like okay fine and then swipes his head off like it's just it is just a a moment of pure excellence for me like i I just think that's you know it's it's funny that you go through like a a three and a half hour long movie and the best sequence is at the end but i think that that ending scene is so well done because of the ride that you had to go on to get there is there a, is there a moment in this movie for you that kind of stands out as the best scene or scenes that you like to go back to i know that when you talked about the home theater system that that balrog scene mm-hmm. you were all about is is that still one of those scenes for you that you really love i think there's there for me it's like there's there's so many um mm-hmm. like the scene that you mentioned i think uh, it is uh it is really great like especially like in the in the extended version you get a little bit more character development between Aragorn and um Boromir yeah uh Sean Bean's character so like their their story I think is really nice and so like that that um ending in Boromir's death is really like pretty heartfelt and then also just like the like the whole whole journey has been this this fellowship together and then they like split apart at the end and it's it's kind of like it's it's like what has to happen but it's um still like kind of hard to see but yeah there's there's so many moments like the the balrog scene is like is probably my favorite just because like gandalf and the balrog is just like like the definition of epic to me um that battle and, and like um the start of the two towers like having that continue i think is is really cool um what else yeah i kind of mentioned the intro of the shire oh and even just like the man like the intro to the movie as a whole like with um uh, kate blanchett's uh, narration yeah. and like you get the whole history of sauron and middle earth like like when the music starts in the movie like i get i get shivers like just that that opening music and narration um so there's there's a lot yeah yeah it is it's a really a really well constructed like i I think it's okay so star wars is a you know a science fiction film that i feel transcends the genre of science fiction to find its place in the, the grand scheme of cinema history like i think it's it's something that the initial the original star wars especially you know it's sure going to have its fans in the sci-fi world but it's going to have its fans in the people in like in this the spectrum of people who like movies just just love the art of movies and i think that this movie uh and probably this this entire series is kind of the same way it's a science fiction fantasy film that certainly has what it takes to be regarded as a great science fiction fantasy film 
but it's it's so much more than that like i think because everyone is really working so hard to 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 make this film as as great as it is like this is this transcends its genre to become something really spectacular and i think that's why it's you know i i think its reputation has certainly shown that i think it's it's something that's still super important to so many people today and you know now it's in that conversation uh where with a lot of people you know this is the greatest trilogy of all time and as someone who is a firm uh original star wars trilogy person i get upset (laughs) but but i get it because i think i think uh you know minute for minute this is probably the most consistently consistently solid uh film trilogy uh you know even 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 star wars uh after they special editioned it has its problems so uh but yeah i i I really like this movie um i i think i think because i'm older now uh it does feel a little long but i also watched the extended edition and those are long so it's but but i think the thing about it is is that it goes in such a way where it has these moments that that fill in the backstory of the characters and then they you know i don't think that any any of the time is wasted i think it's mm-hmm. all every everything that happens in this movie is made is there to serve a purpose and it none of it feels like fluff um and for a you know almost four hour long movie to to have that that's pretty great so yeah this is this is a great great movie if you were to recommend this movie to somebody who's never seen lord of the rings fellowship of the ring how would you sell it to them is there a particular scene you would want them to watch to see it or is there something that you would say like if you like movies like this you know how would how would you convince somebody to watch this for the first time i guess um i think you can probably get a sense for what you're gonna see with uh, the opening narration like telling the whole the whole history of like leading up to where the fellowship starts so i i think like um i could just basically be like watch watch this like watch the first 11 watch the first 15 minutes and if it's like you can tell right away if it's if it's you're interested um definitely keep watching if you're not if you're not interested then maybe this isn't this isn't for you um yeah. i i personally love it like i feel like everybody should love it but i I know people've got we've all got different tastes so yeah that's what i would say it's just like like you get a really good sense for the themes and like overall what's going to happen in that in that first maybe even the the shire scene too so you get like a a sense of the action and the scope but also the like the personal human drama too um so like if you you watch that and you're not into it then you probably won't be into the rest of it i'd say yeah Uh, a couple years ago i would say that with the popularity of something like game of thrones like Mm -hmm. i think that would make this easier for that would that would make things easier for people who have not seen this to really uh find that that joy for it but i think because game of thrones ended so uh lacklusterly (laughs) i think think that can't really be used as a selling point anymore because a lot of people are kind of like i don't want anything game of thrones in my life (laughs) ever (laughs) 
Um, but no, this is, this is great. Um, and you know, the, the difference between the theatrical edition and the extended edition, like honestly is like maybe 30 minutes, like, because there are, there's like 20 minutes worth of credits, uh, which I was just stunned to see that, that there's like 25 minutes of credits on this extended edition. Uh, so when you when you go into it and you look at the runtime, just take 25 minutes off of it and you'll see it's like three and a half hours. That's a long movie, yes, but it's never boring. Uh, it's it's a really good story of like Matt said of good versus evil. Uh, yeah, this is this is a classic and it's fun to be alive. Like it's fun to kind of experience a classic um, as it's reaching that status because you know. You saw this when it first came out, and now it's now it's the movie that it is. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun to kind of have those movies uh, that you get to watch become something more than just this this piece of entertainment. And uh, yeah, if, Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it just feels like timeless to me. Like it's one of those where it's like it could have come out. Um, I don't know in the 80s or the 90s or yesterday it just feels like it's it's it will kind of withstand the test of time for me yeah yeah i agree uh matt this has been this has been a lot of fun uh i i i'm so glad that you decided to sit down and chat with me uh just so you know you are not out of the woods yet uh <laughs> even though you are my brother you do not get a pass on the fat five uh <laughs> you still have to answer them so matt are you ready for the Fat Five? I'm ready. All right. Fat Five are five rapid fire-ish questions uh, to help kind of get your taste in movies. Here we go. Question number one. This is probably going to be an easy one because I feel like we just talked about it. But what is your favorite movie of all time? The Lord of the Rings. Hey, what if, a shot. If, if I have to <laughs> pick one, uh, I'd probably say... Uh, it's so tough like like you mentioned two towers but like i i i think two towers is is really good so like that's might be becoming my favorite but i'll just say return of the king for now okay all right uh question number two uh this is a two-part question who is your favorite actor of all time male performer um probably tom hanks yeah i feel like Yeah. yeah where we are very similar you and mm-hmm. i <laughs> uh the flip side of that then who is your favorite actor actress or female performer um i think probably kate winslet okay well, that's a great choice yeah yeah i adore her uh, wonderful pick um question number three uh typically this question would be phrased who is your favorite director but i like to phrase it a little bit differently um so that it doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite director but if there is a director who had a film that was scheduled to come out tomorrow and you knew nothing about it other than the fact that this person was directing it whose movie would you see Hmm. I guess the first thing that comes to mind that's like probably my easiest answer would be Wes Anderson because sure. I do like his stuff so much um, even though I was a little disappointed in the last one yeah 
Yeah, I get that. I, I, I'm very similar. Once in, no matter how I felt towards the French Dispatch, uh, that next Wes Anderson movie comes out, I will be there. Uh, very, very excited to watch it. Um, question number four: Is there a movie that is set to come out that you are really excited to see, or? Is there a movie that's already out that you haven't had a chance to that you really can't get can't wait to watch? Well, I'm a Marvel nerd, so I'm sure. super looking forward to Doctor Strange. Did really you get advanced see. tickets? I did not. Uh-uh. Okay, but I'll, okay. I'll probably be there um, on opening day, probably. Nice, nice. Yeah, I I have been very hesitant to uh, buy tickets in advance, but I did pick up a ticket for the earliest showing on Friday morning, uh, just so that I can make sure I'm there in as, as safe a way as possible. Nice. So super excited for that. Uh, question five, the final question. Uh, the name of the show is Let's Taco Bout. Uh, I am a fan of tacos. Matt, I want you to craft for me your perfect taco. What what are you what are you making on this taco? <laughs> so hard. Um, I think. Um, oh man, I mean, I know it's got to have avocado. Sure. Um, this might be blasphemous to you, but I think I'm more of like a burrito person. Okay. But oh, I do cool. I do love tacos. Um, yeah. So like, there's a taco place here. Um, where I get a falafel taco it's actually pretty pretty interesting Um, it's got um, falafel and avocado and uh, a couple other things I can't remember but on my burritos I like brown rice um, black beans corn guac um, salsa and and then if I get it from Chipotle I get uh, sofritas which is like a, a fake meat kind of tofu thing that's nice. really yummy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask what, uh, what your major protein is, if it's just the beans or if you go with a, uh, like a, a, a plant-based product, I, I, um, they have Qdoba here and Qdoba has added like the impossible, uh, meat quote unquote meat, uh, to their, their menu. So now you can have like plant-based meat, uh, on their burritos and it's great it's it's great and i love that these places are starting to have these options yeah very cool yeah well matt uh i love you man like (laughs) it's been it's been really great getting to do this episode with you Mm -hmm. um do you have any any social media presence that you would like to promote anything that where people can can find you online that you would would not mind having new uh new followers yeah, I think um, just my Instagram page is I, I try to post there pretty regularly. I've been kind of slacking there for a, a little while, but um, it's my Instagram is midwest.tx. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you, uh, you're, you're kind of doing like a, uh, you know, like you said, you've, you've missed some entries, but like a, a daily art project with like, uh numbers like you you do numbers and letters if i remember correctly right a a 36 days of type challenge where it was a different letter each day and then when you finish the alphabet it's i think numbers zero through nine um i i think i'm caught up with the alphabet almost uh i just haven't posted them yet because there was still some tweaks i wanted to make so i'm running a little behind there but it's it's been a really fun project 
yeah that's cool that's really cool i i enjoy i enjoy getting to see yours i always like uh these these algorithms are so screwy that sometimes you don't know what pops up but it's always nice when you pop up right at the top of my page when i log into instagram so yeah. uh do yourself a favor folks and follow my brother he's he's got an eye that kid that kid <laughs> he's got an eye uh matt this has been really great uh and uh, you know who knows? Maybe maybe in December we'll uh, we'll talk about the two towers. That'd be awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Once again, a huge, huge thank you to Matt Heller for joining me on this episode of the show. Uh, yeah, um, my goal. <laughs> Like I, I, uh, I, I'm going to be a nerd about this. My goal is to have the infinity gauntlet of my family, uh, and get to have an episode with all of them. Uh, I'd like to, you know, I've got an episode with Rick, got an episode with Matt. Uh, I'm going to have an episode with my mom and I am going to, <laughs> whether she likes to talk on, uh, be recorded or not, uh, I'd like to get an episode with my sister as well. Because, uh, listen, I know, Pam, I know that there's a movie that means a lot to you. And I want to talk about it. Because your love for that movie uh, had a huge impact on me. So, I would like to talk about that somewhere down the road. We'll see. We'll see what we can make happen. Uh, but anyway, thank you all so, so much for uh, uh, joining me and listening to this week's episode. Um, yeah, uh, my family's my family's very important to me. And to kind of get to share uh, their story and connect my connection with them, uh, it means a lot. So thank you for listening. Um, you can find... All things Fat Dude Digs Flicks on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, uh, any kind of social media. Just do a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks and you will find me there. Uh, you'll get to see the super cool new logo. Uh, huge thank you to One Up Graphics for that. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Still, still, I've had it for like a week now and I'm still super excited about it. Um, yeah, subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, rate and review this podcast. Um, the best way to get this podcast out to more people is for you to share it with your friends. So please do so on social media. Uh, if you subscribe to this podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher radio, anywhere your pods can be caught. Not only do you get, let's talk about but you also get the Criterion Break, where I am joined by Blake Ginnethan and Derek Verink, where we will talk about our love for the Criterion Collection proper and the Criterion Channel. We are deep into our Ingmar Bergman marathon. We have two episodes left, three movies left to go, a total of like 13 hours worth of material to cover in two episodes. Oh boy, but but I'm excited. I'm excited for these these last three movies that we have to cover. Um, there there's some big ones, but yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so on the next episode, we will talk about Autumn Sonata and scenes from a marriage. Really excited for that. Um, 
what else? If you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, please send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. Uh, also, copying back to social media for a minute. Uh, so this is coming out on Tuesday, so you still have a few more days to vote. I decided to uh, participate in a indie podcast bracket challenge. Um, if you head on over to my Twitter at fatdudeflicks, uh, you will find the the poll, uh, where I was tasked with creating a meme, uh, against another podcast to try to advance into the next round of this bracket. Uh, I have no illusions, uh, that I'm going to get out of this first round, but if you would like to go vote for me, uh, go to my Twitter, scroll through my feed. You'll find the post with the poll. Uh, you can also see the meme that I created against that podcast uh my my opponent in round one was the five day rentals podcast uh really good show uh i had never heard of them before but man a really good show they do a a a deep dive into like uh kind of the the movies that we were raised on from the video store which is pretty fitting for this episode we just talked about uh i saw that they recently did an episode kind of started listening to their episode on cliffhanger uh the episode on cliffhanger did an episode of the running man which i definitely want to go back and listen to um you know, I'm going to talk them up so that you vote for them <laughs> so that I could be done, uh, and eliminated from this challenge. But no, if you, if you vote for me and, uh, keep me alive, I will do my damnedest to, uh, make you proud. Uh, but please go on over to Twitter and vote, uh, scroll through the feed. You can also do a search for the hashtag, uh, bracket challenge. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think I've, I think I've covered everything. Uh, follow the guys at backlot six Oh five, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, backlot six Oh five.com. Same place to get your podcast. Follow them. That's it, right? That's it. I think I'm done. I think I'm done with everything. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back here next week. Same fat time, same fat channel. And let's, talk about movies be safe out there have a wonderful week bye thank you for listening to fat dude digs flicks